Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive all year long. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. And I'm Tom. You flipped it, the script there, Julia. You went off script and, and made it your own. I did. I kept it fresh. You did. It threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm excited um, to head back to our mo- official canon list this week. It's been like a month. Me too. I think a month. I, I know why we do it, but it just feels so long. That's what she said. Oh, gosh. So Tom and I are still alive. (laughs) Because Obama has continued to try to kill us this week. I think a record amount of tornadoes in the last week, something like that. 60-something tornadoes in Oklahoma. We were at 12 straight days of tornadoes in Oklahoma. Yeah. That's been broken by beautiful weather today. And I got to tell you, I've never wanted Christmas weather so badly in my life than this last week. Because <laughs> you know what you don't get Christmas season? Tornadoes. <laughs> <laughs> so to say that I was chomping at the bit for some Christmas spirit this week would be a gross understatement. What about y'all? Uh, absolutely. I was talking to a, uh, a guy in Denver in our community for work. And he's like, I'm not going to complain about the snow we've been getting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been totally wanting Christmas weather. I've been blaring some Christmas music like crazy, y'all. Is that different from any other week? Well, I've been going back and forth between (laughs) Christmas music and like 90s hip-hop and Raging the Machine. Speaking of Christmas spirit, we are covering a movie this week. So we officially exited TV, but it's a movie on TV and it's in the Hallmark category. (laughs) So I feel like we can't quite say we've returned to Christmas movies but we this are is our segue step into it, right? It is. It is a good tiptoe back to Christmas movies. <laughs> so Slow this to week, tiptoe because next week is also another made-for-TV. Oh, that's true. But it's at least inspired by a 100% canon Christmas movie. Which, and yes. we're getting even closer next week. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really, I'm really afraid of next week. Um, <laughs> let's leave next week to next week. So this week, we are discussing 2017's Hallmark movie, Switched for Christmas. And since most Hallmark movies have to be classified with the leading heroine, this is a Candace Cameron Beret Hallmark movie, Switched for Christmas. And this movie was specifically picked... For loyal listener, Disco 54, who was shocked and appalled by the fact we had not covered a Candace Cameron Bure film yet. So, Disco, this one's for you. Although, when I, when I mentioned that last week, he did say he felt attacked. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't, I don't want him to feel attacked. We literally, we were going through, we had an empty slot. We were like, we should do a Hallmark film. And we remembered your, uh, not criticism, eh, maybe criticism that we and had. Your, your, your urging of us to cover <laughs> one of her movies. Whether you'll feel the same way after this week, we'll find out in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So synopsis of this movie is, and this is straight from Hallmark. <clears throat> right from the source synopsis. Just because they are identical does not mean these twins even like each other. Estranged twin sisters get together for an obligatory pre-Christmas lunch a year after their mother's death. Both women are unhappy and frustrated with their own lives. Though not close, each is envious of the other's life. What's a twin to do but take advantage of this? And who would be the wiser? They do what any identical twins in need of new outlooks would do. They swap lives until Christmas Day, and by doing so, each woman discovers the true meaning of her life and gains a deeper perspective and appreciation for what she already had. I mean, what well, else, does, argue argue with what else does an adult, does a normal, functional, mentally healthy, grown adult do besides switch places with somebody else? I'm going to argue with the statement about, you know, what else would somebody who wants a new outlook, outlook on life do? They, didn't, they weren't trying to do it for new outlooks for themselves. They were doing it to prove one another wrong. Before we get into the details of this story, uh, let's run through some of our credits real quick. So Lee Freelander was the director of this one. Um, I'm not super familiar with a lot of Lee Freelander's previous items. Um, I was expecting it to be all Hallmark stuff. And looking at it, I don't think it's all Hallmark stuff. So somewhere he took a real right turn and veered into the uh, Hallmark schmoozy Christmas movie. I would argue it's not a hard right turn. He's transitioning because he still has the twin action in this film. Oh, boy. oh, yeah, Gross, um, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think um, the only other thing he's done that I recognize is Ice Sculpture Christmas. Did y'all catch that gem 2015 Hallmark movie? Who was in that? Basic, a girl I know her face, but I sure don't know her name. Oh, is she one of the blonde ones? She's not blonde, she's a brunette, uh, Rachel Boston. She's in quite a few, so I think she's a face that I definitely recognize. I just didn't know her name. And I think this one was like a hotel is involved, and there's this ice sculpture competition, and so she gets involved, and she gets involved with him, and, you know. That sounds familiar, but, I mean, that could apply to probably a few Hallmark films, so. It's a good chance. <laughs> i got to say, I'm, there's a good chance I've seen that one, but. Yes. So that's our director, um, and then we've got our nice, reliable Hallmark cast. Um, Hallmark royalty, Candace Cameron Bure, plays not one but two people in this movie. She plays the identical twins, Chris Dixon and Kate Lockhart. She's known, ah, I don't even know what to say. She's what she's known most for now. I knew her most for Full House, but I feel like there's a whole generation of people that know her for Hallmark Christmas movies. But there's no Full House. I think those people know her still as DJ Tanner, just grown up DJ Tanner. I guess so. And so much more watch. insufferable DJ Tanner. Older. The older I liked one. her on... Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> she was my favorite kid on Full House originally. Like, of, of the kids. I didn't care for the Olsen twins. They were annoying to me when they were little. 
My I favorite like, kid yeah. was Kimmy Gibbler and her boyfriend Steve. I didn't like any of the Tanner. Oh my gosh, I could not stand Gibbler. Uh, I didn't like Kimmy. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, also starring in this as one of our male interests is Eon Bailey. I've seen him in a few of these. Um, It looks like he was also in Band of Brothers, Almost Famous, Center Stage. He's been up there in some things, and he's decided to take on a few Hallmark movies. I don't remember him in Band of Brothers, but I absolutely love that series. Yeah, I only saw that series once. I would love to rewatch it. He's also in Once Upon a Time. He was August W. Booth slash The Stranger slash Pinocchio. Oh, so he's he was. on there for 21 episodes. Yeah, I, I didn't recognize him at all. So hmm. my daughter would know him. One episode of 30 Rock. Looks like he was in Ash ER. So this guy's been around. And it actually looks like he's only ever been in one Hallmark movie. This one. Also starring as our male counterpart lead to the other twin is Mark Declan. He plays Greg Turner in this. So this guy's face is super familiar, but he's only ever been in two made-for-TV movies, a.k.a. Hallmark Christmas movies, Christmas in Evergreen Letters to Santa, and then this one. You can also see him in, you also may have enjoyed him on Designated Survivor, which was the show with Kiefer Sutherland. He's been on Elementary, Brazilian Isles, Criminal Minds. Looks like lots of TV experience. Hmm. He was good to look at. I'm not complaining. So that's our cast. Anybody worth mentioning anyway? They're the people we see all the time. Uh, I feel like I need to ask, even though I feel like I don't need to ask, are we Candace Cameron Beret fans here on the podcast? I know we have a I know we have a difference of opinion on Hallmark movies to varying degrees, right? I think we've agreed they have their place and they're really good for certain things like background atmosphere. They always give me the Christmas feels because they look so beautiful. But let's talk specifically about heroines in these Hallmark movies. What do we think? I like Lacey Chabert so much more. Me too. Danica McKellar and Lacey Chabert, however you pronounce her last name, are the two Hallmark queens in my mind. Me too. They are so much better. I mean, you know, by Hallmark standards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Candace Cameron, I mean, I like a lot of the blonde ones. You don't really know their names either. Like a lot of the other ones who mm-hmm. are in a lot of the films, but you don't really have the name value more than Candace Cameron Bure. I find she is the B-list of the B-list actresses that star in these films. I think she is a terrible actress. I have to remind everybody, though, she was too good to be in Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. That is the one credit I give her. If you go back to that episode, I said, whenever we cover Candace Cameron Bure movie, I'm going to give her an extra point just for evading that film. (laughs) So I remember that, guys, and I will be taking that into account when I grade this film on a curve tonight. (laughs) Do y'all remember, or did y'all see recently um, Jodie Sweetin's pictures from her new Christmas Hallmark movie they're working on? No, I do not. Jodie Sweeten this this Christmas, y'all. Well, we had her last Christmas, too. I didn't see it, though. I didn't know what happened. I have to say, even though I wasn't particularly fond of her film, she's a better actress than Candace Cameron Bure. Mm. Mm. 
<laughs> she I'm not ready to it. jump aboard of that yet. I haven't seen. I, I saw the new Full House, Fuller House, and I'm I'm not convinced yet. I'm not saying she's a good actress. I'm saying she's better than her. <laughs> Do we even have a yeah. history with this movie? I don't. Because I want to start criticizing it. I have a history <laughs> of this movie. I saw it when it premiered. Oh. Oh, did you really? I did. And this is still okay. the one you picked for us, Anthony? It was literally the only one that came to mind when we were last minute trying to <laughs> decide what okay. to slot here. Fair. Okay. Fair. So just as a quick overview of what actually happens in the movie, um, because the synopsis got it wrong. Wait, <laughs> from before our you do that, can I ask you guys, where did you guys watch it? Just out of curiosity. On YouTube. Yeah, me too. The whole thing. On YouTube. Yeah, I know. And it wasn't in the tiny box either. Like a lot No, of it was yeah. like a perfectly viewable version. Which and I think bizarre. that's, I always say that says a lot about <laughs> a the film. Hallmark lets it stay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, it's not a big deal to find it on like Daily Motion, but if the whole thing unedited, full screen is on YouTube, Hallmark's really not, not too concerned about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the twins involved are Kate Lockhart and Chris Dixon. And it's your standard twin story where they are total opposites, right? They've gone two different directions in life. Kate Lockhart lives in Denver. She is an ex- – what is that face, Tom? Go ahead. I'm taking, I'm taking <laughs> copious notes. No, I'm, I'm – For listeners, the, the look Tom just had on his face was utter flabbergastedness. There's nothing opposite about them except for the writing. Candace Cameron <laughs> Bure is the same exact person in both characters. There is no personality, no character development, no depth at all with these two. Now, hold None. up. That's unfair. There are differences. So Kate Lockhart lives in the city alone and has a horribly <laughs> cold-looking apartment and beautiful clothing and perfect hair and makeup. Chris Dixon lives in Littleton, Colorado. So not far enough away where this would be completely undoable from a time frame perspective. Um, but she has two kids. She's divorced. She has a precious dog. Her house is gorgeous. And she's an art teacher who's completely I'll, scattered and unorganized. I'll interject here are. and give Hallmark credit because generally they don't show diver- divorcees. So I thought that was very progressive. No, them. they don't. And I thought that was interesting too. There wasn't some perfect, you know, because when I saw the kids, I'm like, her sister probably died and she inherited the kids because she's awesome. I was not expecting that they were divorced. Yeah. But, so I, I get that with the, the surface level differences that the writing and the, the filming did. But as far as <laughs> character development and acting, there was no distinction no whatsoever. If they weren't wearing different clothes, I would not have. There was a time where I was, I was like doing dishes and I didn't know which storyline was which because uh, she had no different. There was, and that's where it hit me. I'm like, she's playing the same exact person twice. And she's, that only she played me roll my eyes harder whenever somebody was like, oh, we can easily tell you guys apart. You guys aren't identical. <laughs> oh, like her dad? It's literally my job to to tell you to a part. I'm like, no, that is not literally your job. That is not that is not the appropriate use of the word literally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so Kate feels alone and is alone, but she's highly successful. Chris also feels alone, but for a completely different way. Um, they both feel like they're not being heard where they are, and so anyway, they 
end up inadvertently meeting for lunch because their dad had to organize it because they had made some promise to their mom before she died that they would meet for Christmas lunch every year. And they haven't done it because they're busy or whatever. And so, so their this dad, is the third Hallmark trope you've mentioned so far. First yeah. one, one of the main characters lives in the big city. Second one, one of the big main characters lives in the little town. Third one, the main characters, one of their spouses or grandparents or parents is dead. And that's why they, oh my God. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. I just need to point so they out meet- <laughs> and pointed out three tropes of Hallmark films. So they meet for lunch and they spend the whole lunch arguing with each other about whose life is harder. Teacher twin, Chris, says, you don't understand what I deal with having kids and working in the conditions that I work in, right? Teachers have no respect for money and all that stuff. I don't have the supplies I need. Kate says, you don't understand. I have this high-powered job, and I'm so tired at the end of every day because I work so hard. And so to directly refute the synopsis, the only reason they do this swap is to try and prove each other wrong. They even straight up say, oh, I could do that. No problem. I could play in your party. No problem. And the other one says vice versa. No problem. I could totally do that. So that's what prompts the twin swap. So what kind of company is going to take an, a senior vice president <laughs> off of one of their biggest projects they have to plan the office Christmas party? Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting when the office Christmas party came around to see like, you know, clients coming in or customers. No, no. They literally took one of their senior vice presidents off of this huge condo project to plan the office Christmas party. And who has that much stress planning a stupid office party? (laughs) Okay. So I'm also extremely annoyed at their choice of location. Why Littleton, Colorado? That For those of us who are of a certain generation, that town has a very negative connotation. Take another suburb right around Denver. Go with Aurora. You know, go, go with one of the others. Yeah, there there are countless suburbs right there. Let's not evoke the first school massacre that, like, utterly changed my entire, like, high school career. So, so mm-hmm. we're going to evoke the theater massacre that happened a few years ago in Aurora, like you just suggested? Okay, I was uh, that bad a suggestion. We can go with any of the other. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! And pro- I wouldn't really. I don't know. Mm. How about not Colorado, guys? How about we go with either of the two cities that we actually showed here? Wait, where, where were they actually Denver. filmed at? You can see the LDS Temple from Salt Lake City in the Utah. Oh, State can you Capitol. really? Yes, I was just in Salt Lake City, and I went back and was like, "Wait, was that the Capitol and the Temple?" Yes, and then they show like the big tree that they show is from Pittsburgh. Because I was like, mm, this doesn't look like Denver to me. So I had to look it up and see where it was. And sure enough, that was Pittsburgh. So you had two other cities you could have done this in. <laughs> so I'm confused. Can, can one of you clarify something for me? Because I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention. So I watched this today. Well, I started it the other day. I finished it today. <laughs> now, was the African-American gentleman the principal? I think so. I was just confused about what his role was, like why he was vetoing the town, what like what things could be at the town Christmas fair. Like that seemed like, yeah, more, I was, like a more mayor type role than a. Principal. I was also confused. He was the principal though. James Jameson plays Principal Sumner. Cool okay, let's go back yeah, to no, another plot hole here. Who moves to a city? Okay, you're just moving in. 
you want to make a big donation to your kid's public school that we're hearing is underfunded. By the way, Littleton, Colorado, it's not a poor area that would have underfunded schools. That's another big plot hole here. Littleton is a nice, affluent suburb outside of Denver with lots of money. Anyway, <laughs> so you move and you decide to give a bunch of money and you immediately, you're, you're apparently some highfalutin big fancy guy who moved to Denver or moved to a suburb outside of Denver. You're suddenly going to care about a freaking Christmas festival, winter festival that's being put on? Well, it meant a lot to him because he grew up there. Did you miss that part? Which no. He the ice skating rink, right? Still not believable. Yeah. Well, but I'm just saying, if you're trying to grasp... The kid hadn't even started day one at the school, and that's what he's meeting with people about? Come on. No. You have to operate with the assumption that most people in these movies love Christmas, and it means a lot to them. get that they love Christmas, but you know what? If I were to move back to Houston with my daughter, and I was trying to get her acclimated to the town, you know, wondering where the tree lighting was going to be would not be the number one thing I'd be focusing on. (sighs) Because I'm a real multidimensional human being. Why were you under the illusion that this movie was going to star anything other than one-dimensional human beings? Well, well no, I'm gonna I'm gonna interject there and say I think I don't think it's he was under. I and correct me if I'm wrong, Tom. I don't I think it's necessarily that he was under the de- delusion that it would be anything <laughs> but that. But it's like you said in Slack earlier. Just even by hall by Hallmark standards, this is bad. Right. (laughs) Okay. I don't want to be all negative here. So can I give a positive real quick? Can I do one more negative first? Both of the love interests in this story were so underdeveloped as characters. I don't know their names. Didn't care enough in the film to know their names. Don't know the difference between them really at all. When they were confronting each other and kissing at the end, like one was kissing them. I'm like, "Mm, I really couldn't care less. I was about to say, you said earlier how like the, Candace Cameron Burr, they were the same, she was the same character. Those two guys are the exact same character. They are. They have the same personality, the same everything, except different looks and different jobs. But even still, the looks are similar enough where it's like the blondes and the hall, other Hallmark movies where if you doze off in front of it and wake up, you're not quite sure which one you're watching. Also, mm-hmm. if this guy's moving to a new town and putting this much money into a school... Why isn't his son a private school? Oh, zing. <laughs> Why is he investing this much money in some random public school? I'll tell you, I've never seen it happen. And I worked in nonprofit with schools for years, and I've never seen it happen. If somebody's going to go make a big donation, they're going to go make a big donation and buy their kids way in a private school. You know? <laughs> Can I go Kind of like some people, some, some people connected to Cameron, Candace Cameron Burr historically. I, I, I guess... I guess I'm eating crow now because as I look at Lori Laughlin, she did do that for a public school. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We need some positivity. Anthony. Okay. Go. Okay. So I will say. Don't act well, so begrudging about it. A fine go. I, I just, I do want to say as much as I did not enjoy this movie and as many problems as I have with Candace Cameron Bure, I was in the need of some Christmassy atmosphere this week. And this film delivered that in spades to me. It looked Christmassy. It sounded Christmassy. It felt Christmassy. And for all of its flaws, it put me in the Christmassy mood. And while when it ended, a Stupid as the experience was in my mind, I was happy. It put me it cheered. It put me in that you know good Christmas. Like let me put on a Christmas carol, you know, bake Christmas cookies type of mood. So I will give it all the props in the world for that. Not I, me. I was just oh, you serious? So fake. 
It was so fake. It was so unrelatable to me. I went and watched the, the cartoon Grinch with Ellie after I watched this. <laughs> so I'm with you on this, Anthony. I, I was desperately in need of this movie. For whatever reason, I needed, I'm going to tell you two, I'm going to drop a truth bomb on you right now. So we made jokes that this is a trope and it is, it, it's parent trap and it's the uh, Sweet Valley Twins. I grew up reading Sweet Valley Twins books and I loved them. And The Parent Trap is like one of my favorite movies of all time. So I am a total sucker for twin swap movies, even bad ones. So I was in it from the beginning, regardless of how well it was acted or how cardboard the characters were or how little difference there was between the twins or the silly dialogue or any of that stuff. It got me hooked in such a way that I did not not enjoy my time watching this movie. I needed the atmosphere in like the worst way possible, like the worst way possible. I needed to see people wearing sweaters. I needed to see the snow and the Christmas trees. And even that super tacky standard Hallmark product placement where they put that Balsam Hill tree stuff in there didn't even annoy me this time. I was like, there it is, Christmas. I miss you, man. I have been indoctrinated that I need one of those balsam trees. From I, I need one. They're so beautiful. They're amazing. <laughs> so pretty. There was no Folgers coffee promo in this one. I was a little disappointed. Um, I did think and of I needed Tom a with this. little love story even did it for me. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I'm not even ashamed right now. <laughs> I'm not even ashamed. Um, wait, wait, of all wait, the Candace Cameron one, Beret which movies. Which story? The best. I don't know. It I matter. They were the same. Oh, okay. <laughs> Although one of them, they're at some sort of ice cream parlor together versus, you know, an architect having all of this time and suddenly magically knowing how to bake gingerbread and build giant. Shark. Do you know how long it would have taken for him to build those gingerbread <laughs> monoliths that he built? And how long it would have taken Candace Cameron Burr? Okay, as long as as long as that took, it was a very cute idea for. Oh, their it was amazing! I just wish they had a better story to go. With the it. models of their homes. Out of I wish stuff. they would have done a better job with it. Julia, were you about to say before Tom rudely interrupted you? I'm joking, Tom. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really, I'm really fired up, y'all. We're <laughs> feisty. <laughs> Julia, were you about to say that out of all the Candace Cameron Burr Hallmark films, this was one of the better ones you've seen? This is my favorite. I, I will say this is definitely one of the better Candace Cameron Burr ones I've seen as well. Mm-hmm. So let that, you know, compliment her this film or insult her the rest. Wait for my ranking. But I can't argue with that one, Julia. This is one of the better Candace Cameron Burr ones I've seen. Beret. I'm sorry. I'm refusing to pronounce it in a bougie way. I'm just saying Burr. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we are in rare form if Candace Cameron Burr wants me to pronounce her name right, she needs to start doing better movies and putting forth a little effort to differentiate her twin characters. If they had these dramatically different life paths, their personalities would have been different as well. But one was really organized and one wasn't. <laughs> that was really cheesy. Uh, when she's looking at her phone, she's like, oh, your instructions are bullet pointed and color coded. She's like, Is my, were my instructions okay? And she pulls out like a post and I'm like, come on. You know, you know what was really cheesy? Well, whatever their names. When Rich Twin, 
when Kate, Kate. wait, was it Rich Twin? I don't even know which twin. I'm getting them confused now. When because they're the same person. <laughs> when one of them realized the guy she's crushing on now was a guy she crushed on back in the day when she was a kid, and then you find out oh, she made out with another boy the day they're supposed to meet for a date. But uh oh, she really Who's didn't. My sister. Was twin slop back then because she had something else to do, but she really liked the guy, so she sent her sister on the date, so he would think she was still interested. It was very weird. It was just very weird. Yeah. And they never explained what more important things she was doing that day anyway. The writers are like, ah, screw it. <laughs> I do think the harsher of the realities with this swap would be uh, architect guy finding out that girl he has interested in surprise has two kids. Yeah. Holy crap. Or the switch of that lots of money want to improve school guy finds out girl he has fallen in love with. And you would also assume is fairly attached to said kids as well. Oh crap. You don't have any kids. Like that seems like a pretty big. <laughs> okay. Difference. Once Another point out. of frustration. Unfortunately, I know more and more people who are getting divorced and I'm learning more and more about how shared custody with kids go. I don't know anybody in a shared custody relationship with their kids who doesn't see their kids at all on a holiday, especially enough for dad to go to an ice hotel in Oslo, Norway. You know how long it takes to get to Oslo, Norway from Colorado? It is a freaking 14 hour flight. So he's spending more than an entire, like how much time did he have away from his kids at the holidays? I I hated how they tried to make a story with these kids about how, oh, busy aunt is never around. And then they just drop it two sentences later. Like there's no, like, I don't know. Because they're cool know. with her now. She's like hanging out. At yeah, yeah they, they become cool with her within 20 seconds. There's really no like... Uh, and the kids are okay with this? I mean, uh, I, I'll defend the movie there. I mean, as a kid, young kid, if your mom was an identical twin and they pulled a parent trap, it would kind of be pretty cool. <laughs> Until oh mom parents. brings you a pile of laundry to fold and stops doing everything for you. And that's when I say, you're not my mom. Right. She's and like, that's oh, when I say, it's about time you stop asking your mom to get you milk when you're six steps away from the refrigerator. <laughs> Rotten kid. They didn't appreciate their mother. They didn't. And that was not something that we really saw. Like, that would have been a great Linus growth moment for them to acknowledge. Yeah, it would have. It would have been amazing if they would have been like, oh, you know, Aunt Kate was here and showed us how much you work you actually do for us. Also, mm-hmm. not buying that a single mom has time to do all that stuff. Although I did watch The Office this week. Do you remember right after uh, Angela had the baby and she comes back to the office and she brought uh, brownies and uh, <laughs> Pam says, oh, you must have mommy brain like me. Kevin can't eat walnuts. He's allergic to them. And he's like, deathly allergic, but I'm going to power through. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Kevin, I made you a, a special batch there. <laughs> Pam says, how'd you have time to do all this? And he just looked at her, Pam, kids sleep a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I felt like it was something almost like that. Like, there's no way this mom had time to do everything she was supposedly doing at school and take, you know, make these big elaborate breakfasts for her kids and have, also, we, can't imagine single mom buying multiple milks. for None of this is just believable. We saw this in another Christmas movie, though, that you ranked very, very high. The Grinch. There are not people, they're who. With people problem. They're who. 
They they can do magical things. So who's don't need to sleep? They're vampires. I don't know what their I don't know what their sleep requirement is for who's. I don't. Maybe the little power nap that she got on that. Maybe they're just sleep for two hours a day. They have know. to go to bed Christmas Eve still. Otherwise, the Grinch never would have been able to steal Christmas. I don't know. I don't. I don't know their. I don't know the physio- physiological needs of who. I've seen the things they eat. They don't eat all the stuff that humans do. They eat that reindeer at the end. Roast beast. Roast beast. Yeah. We don't know what kind of beast, though. And all I know is Fred was conspicuously absent from that dinner. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, I don't know. What she does as a mom wasn't surprising to me. No, I, 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 know, so, I know some But, like, not having your kids pitch in at all. I'm sorry. Honestly. That is Single mom crazy. working full time, and you take care of all of your kids' laundry. My, I'm, you take care of all your kids' laundry. You cook all their food. You do the dishes. You take care of making sure they have their own, each of them have their own milk that they like, and you pour it for them. I don't buy that. I mean, it's doable. It's dumb, but it is doable. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm she deserved the crappy life she had. <gasps> Tom is pulling no punches. To no, me. I think it's stupid. Okay, well, here's the biggest question then. Um, is there a Linus moment in this movie? Yes. I don't I think we can argue that. No. I'm sure Tom's going to try. He'll try. The validity of the Linus moment or the believability of it is a different story, but no, That's there is one the there. there. I said there is one there. <laughs> Under there your breath. is. And it's a moment where the sisters realize that they both have it tough and they couldn't do what one another does. And they're going to spend more time together. You're going to be so sick of me in this house. Oh, I can't wait. Ha ha ha. What a cute moment. It was a cute moment. It would have been had more punch for me, though, if it was a better actress to live. But yes, it has the line. Okay, so one thing I did find extra Christmassy. Okay. One and thing. the other Linus, Linus moment I saw in this. Because we see the change in Kate's boss when she shows up at the party and she has the Christmas sweater that lights up that she made with her kids. She thought all of this was a really stupid idea. And we see her coming around to the idea that maybe we don't have to be extra swanky fancy on everything. We can find a toned down real world Christmas. And I I agree. She won the she won the sweater contest. I thought of you when I saw the sweater contest. All I could hear in your head, in my head, was "There's no such thing as an ugly Christmas sweater." Um, I concede after seeing the boss's Christmas sweater that her kids made. <laughs> I did like Candace, Candace, Karen, uh, Kate's sweater in that scene, and her. Uh, I liked her assistant one. in general. I liked her. Uh, I did like the assistant. She was like. A, Fun, nice character. I but I can't imagine with her performance with the guy who owned the condos, I can't imagine her work not being like, um, are you having some sort of nervous breakdown? Do you need to go get some help? Because that was pretty over the top. Okay. So it is a Christmas movie because it passes the Linus test. So And it does have the Christmas elements. The the background, the score was nice. Yeah, this had really good Hallmark music. It did. You know, had- some of the adaptations are rotten on some of these movies and terrible, but these were all really good. All of them. Like, it was, like this is a movie I would like, you know, download the soundtrack for, cause they pick good covers of every song they did. They but did. not only the songs for the soundtracks, um, the orchestral score. Yeah. I noticed that. the score in this because, of, um, I don't know if I was paying more attention or what, but I did notice the score and how well it was. It was, the volume was great on it. The content or the quality of the music was great. It was a good score. All right, so are we ranking it? Wait, nobody has any quotes. 
<laughs> Do you have a quote? <laughs> I don't. It's a Hallmark movie. <laughs> they're never quotable. They never. They're not. No, that's so. maybe that's why I get so like I, I really dread watching them in advance. So maybe that's why I like I like adding <laughs> quotes to my everyday colloquialisms. I gotta look at this sheet because even though I give Anthony a hard time for it, every time I'm guilty. One week you're gonna have yours locked, loaded, and ready to go before we get on, and I'm and I'm gonna be the one <laughs> waiting. You're gonna get to give it back to me. Here's the podcast. Individual rankings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I know what I'm going to rank it. I'm giving this one a 4.5. I'm coming in at a two. Yes, I think this was worse than the night before. Tom, I hate to do this to you. To thine own self be true, Anthony. Just you can do it. <laughs> no, no. I Oh, it's just I'm looking at the other Hallmark movies we've covered. Okay, okay. I'll say I'll say this. I liked it better than the Spirit of Christmas, which was I know life. The hot ghost of Christmas. The hot ghost of Christmas. I did too. Which I agree with you on that. Even, even though I still don't understand the plot of that movie. <laughs> um, so I think we should take that script and do our, the, the, the copy paste in it or the search find replace uh, and just call it the hot ghost of Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to go with a. 3.5, which gives us an average of 3.33. Oh, thank God. North Pole is still better. <laughs> so this... As this beats Christmas, yes! This beats out, in terms of the Hallmark and Lifetime stuff, it beats out the Nine Lives of Christmas. Oh my gosh. That was awful. It beats out the Spirit of Christmas. And AKA Julius Hot Ghost. It did not beat out North Pole and it did not beat out the Christmas train. So that's where we stand on the Hallmark stuff. That seems fair. When I rented, I I had to look for the rest of the Hallmark stuff and put it down there with it. I agree with that. I mean, I'm thinking about those movies. Christmas train was much better. I don't know if it was, I mean, the acting at least made it better, you know? I enjoyed The Nine Lives of Christmas better as a story, but I give this one the atmospheric edge, so I think it falls better because of that. None of those movies you listed got out of the twos for me. (laughs) Gosh, this is a rowdy discussion. I don't think we've had one that rowdy in a while. It's because we haven't seen something this, like, abysmal. (laughs) Sounds really good, according to Joey. (laughs) 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 i would imagine the discussion is not going to end here so here's what i think is going to happen we have lots of passionate listeners out there um passionate about all things christmas but there is a small sector that is passionate about their hallmark movies so if you want to tell us of your passion and how you feel about this movie as well or feedback on how our discussion made you feel you have a few places you can do that. Easiest way to find our social medias is to go to tisthepodcast.com backslash fill in your social media place. So backslash Facebook, you can put Instagram in there, you can go to Twitter, and that will route you directly to all of our social medias. Um, come tell us what you think of Candace Cameron Bure, what you think of this Hallmark movie in general, and I would love to hear what you think of... Um, twin swap movies because i adore them (laughs) i honestly cannot get enough so what's your favorite twin swap movie 
Uh, the Parent Trap, the original one. I watched that movie Haley Mills? twice a week. Oh, yeah. Twice a week for my whole, like, for years, probably. Mine is Parent Trap, the remake. Me too, with Lindsay also Lohan. Also very good. Also mm-hmm. very good. I didn't really see the original one growing up, so when I saw both of them um, as an adult, I really liked the Lindsay I love Lindsay Lohan as a kid actor. She oh, was yeah. so good. And Freaky you know what? She convinced me she was a twin. Of course, I was young enough to believe she was a twin, but she convinced me she was a twin with her. <laughs> Same thing with Haley Mills. I thought she was a twin for the long She did time. a great job, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Julia, speaking of Hallmark what? movies, well, first of all, I'm going to suggest one after I announce this. Have you seen the new Christmas love story movie that's being made for this year? Starring no, Oklahoma's own Kristen Chenoweth. What? Kristen Chenoweth is getting a uh, Christmas Hallmark movie. I'm now really, really excited. Well, we'll have to tune in for that one. Oh, and it's got Cutie McCute face in it. Scott Wolf, right? (laughs) That doesn't narrow it down for Hallmark (laughs) movies for you, Julia. Scott Wolf. I love Scott Wolf. I immediately (laughs) bought Dylan McDermott when you said that because you referred to him as... (laughs) That a few times. Hey, don't we have an open spot coming up? Or Dermot Mulrooney. You referred a lot. Dermot Mulrooney. You referred to a lot of those Hallmark dudes as like cutie McCute face. <laughs> well, this one's got dimples. He's super cute. Um, I'm excited tonight, about that. Scott Wolf. One of the guys had uh, dimples this time too, right? Probably. It's a prerequisite I, for the They male said he had something on his face and then he rubbed it and it was still there. And I was like, oh wait, that's a dimple. I just I just filled in our uh, open date. June eighteenth, we're going to do Christmas at Graceland. <laughs> I think I have Starting that one saved somewhere. Kelly Pickler, I'm pretty. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to a good old country Christmas. You know what movie we need to put on here, guys? What? Uh, I think we need to add either Hard Candy Christmas or uh, Dolly Parton's Christmas of Many Colors. We need a Dolly movie in this, guys. <laughs> schedule it in i will i love dolly parton oh my gosh nice. has anybody seen a hobo's christmas <laughs> gosh. No. From, from 1987 go look at it guys guys tom's googling one other great place to connect with us is patreon if you go to tis the podcast dot com slash patreon you'll be taken to our patreon page where we've got a lot of great bonus content some awesome new stickers and buttons coming your way and uh you can be guaranteed to be on the nice list which will get you a christmas card from us for as little as a dollar a month you get all new content that others don't or you get content way before anybody else so check it out and we promise that this year the christmas card will be spelled correctly uh, I'm, I'm not promising that. <laughs> I'm not willing to make that commitment, Anthony. In all fairness, we all looked at the Christmas card. We sent it out. We all got it. We thought it was right. So it's officially June, right? Leon Day is like 22 days away. Yep. Which six month mark, you know, halfway there officially. So, what moment for you? Do you officially start thinking like, oh, you're getting close? Is there a moment in the summer? Is it September? Like, when do you start? September 1st. What, what is you? it about September 1st? It's the Burr months. The Burr month? I'm in the first think, of the Burr months. Mine is the first bit of coolness in the air. 
which in Oklahoma after a summer can be like a 70 degree day, <laughs> right? Um, that's when I first get like, you know, the itch. I think that's another thing too, why I think September, because I know September is the cooling month. Yep, it is. It's just, there's so much to look forward to. Like the leaves start changing in September. It starts cooling off. It, we say burr in the month. I don't know. I just love September. Great month. How about you? I mean, How about you, three of my four kids have June birthdays. So Wait, September what? is my jam. Three of my four kids <laughs> That took me a minute. Yeah. Things, yep. Things adoptive parents don't put together. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, can I think it's a really funny Ellie story today? Yeah. We don't know where she heard it. Ellie's been going around saying, adopt, don't shop. <laughs> <laughs> and Christina and I are both like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know. What oh to do. man, that's the best thing ever. <laughs> so it's it's something from uh, one of the PBS shows. I know they have like the commercials, you know, and stuff. But, uh, right. Here's right. my little adopted daughter walking around. Adopt, don't shop. <laughs> <laughs> and I laugh and feel like a horrible person. <laughs> Anthony, how about you? When do you start feeling like this? This is it. I agree with you, Tom. The Burr month, September first, but. I start getting excited for the burr months, like after for, right after Fourth of July, because that's when, thanks to these holiday creeps they do, right after the Fourth of July, the back to school stuff starts going out, and by August, a lot of places will start creeping out with the Halloween stuff, and that's when I really start getting excited because it's all stepping stones on the way to Christmas. Mm-hmm. I really start hating summer around July. So inevitably, I'll have a July, a Christmas in July pool party this year. So let us know when you guys start getting excited for Christmas. Like, what's your marker for the first time you guys get excited at any of the places Julia and Tom mentioned earlier? Um, next week, we're covering another made-for-TV movie. Um, Fox's A Christmas Story Live, the musical. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how that fares compared to the original film, which two of the three of us weren't fans of, as they hear constantly, as they're reminded of constantly in reviews and comments on social media. That's true. Um, the week afterwards, we are covering the 12 Dates of Christmas with special guest star Todd Killian, who... Besides being a loyal listener and, and patron, just started his own Christmas podcast, Christmas Clatter. So you guys should check that out. All right, y'all. We've got our Christmas countdown. Y'all ready for this? We have 4,920 hours until Christmas. That's only 205 days. That's only 29 weeks. We are in the 100s next week, guys. Oh, my gosh. Nuts. That is nuts. This year's flying by. It is flying by. All right. All right, we'll do your homework. And find some way to feel that Christmas magic this week. Bye, y'all. Bye, guys. Bye. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the sky looked down. Where he lay, the little Lord Jesus.
us asleep on the to heaven to live. 